nothing in particular You shut your mouth, how can you say I go about things the wrong way fellow witches, herbal enthusiasts, and gardeners. On this auspicious Thanksgiving, no matter your walk of life, all are welcome to Twilight's Herbal Power Hour. I'm your witchy host, Twilight DeLuca. I'd like to apologize for my long hiatus, but I'm back now and ready to share my herbal knowledge with y'all once more. This episode will be focusing on banishing those back-to-school blues that we always feel around this time of year. We'll be covering a whopping dozen herbs that do a variety of jobs from immunity to memory. So with school in full swing and football right on our doorsteps, about to segue into basketball, that means muscle cramps, tense muscles, and injuries. Winter is also coming up as well, which means sinuses, immunity issues, and allergies. Classes are in session, which means concentration worries. So let's put on our thinking caps and dive into these herbal go-to remedies. Our first herb hails from India and the southern U.S. It's popular in Ayurvedic medicine as a tonic. It's go-to cola. 
Go-to cola has been the subject of research studies since 2008. The studies covered various things from anxiety relief to healthy brain function. In 2008, Thai researchers did a study on 28 healthy volunteers with an average age range of 65. It showed that extract of go-to cola improved their attention, improved their working memory, alertness, and mood. The most commonly used parts of the go-to cola herb is the aerial parts. The easiest way to utilize this herb is by creating a tincture and taking 40 drops of go-to cola tincture with water three times daily. Go-to cola can cause sensitivity to sunlight and is restricted in some countries. In rare cases, it can cause an allergic reaction, so consult a professional before use. Our next herb has an infamous reputation and is famous due to Nightmare Before Christmas, but when used correctly, makes a very potent muscle relaxer. It's Deadly Nightshade or Belladonna. Belladonna makes a good muscle relaxer because of the alkaloids. They inhibit the parasympathetic nervous system, which controls involuntary body activities. Belladonna is used as an anesthetic and muscle relaxant. However, you should only take belladonna if it is prescribed by a doctor or medical herbalist to prevent improper dosage and accidental death. The parts of belladonna that are used are the leaves and the roots. The usual preparation for belladonna is a tincture. Our third herb helps boost immunity because, as we all know, schools are a petri dish of illness, so our kids need all the help they can get. If you laugh, there's no shame. This is a pretty flower herb. It's often confused for a daisy, but it isn't. The herb is echinacea. Echinacea is native to the U.S. and, due to being endangered, is commercially grown for consumption by the public rather than the public just going out and picking it wild. This herb has been the subject of research that has confirmed its efficiency at increasing the number of white cell production and strength of action, but the precise mode of action isn't well understood. However, the polysaccharides inhibit viruses from taking over cells, while the alkylamides are antibacterial and antifungal. Research also supports echinacea as a prevention for colds and respiratory infections resulting from air travel. Not only is echinacea a good treatment for viral and fungal infections, but it's also good for skin infections and throat infections. It's also effective for allergies like asthma. However, in rare cases, echinacea can cause allergic reactions. The most effective methods to use echinacea are tinctures and decoctions because they're liquid, but capsules are effective as well. The parts of echinacea used are the flower and the roots. Our fourth herb helps with respiratory issues such as bronchitis, but only for short-term use. It's also useful to help with kidney stones. Native to North Africa, it now grows wild in the Middle East and around the Mediterranean. It's also naturalized in Australia and South America. This herb is called Visnaga, pronounced Visnaga. Visnaga contains kelin, which is the main ingredient in the asthma drug Intol. The research conducted on Visnaga since 1946 shows that Kellen and Visnagan are effective at relaxing the smaller bronchial muscles for up to six hours with practically no side effects. 
This naga is used to treat asthma in children since it's safe for them, and while it doesn't always relieve acute asthma attacks, it does help prevent reoccurrent attacks. This naga is also useful for other respiratory conditions like bronchitis, emphysema, and whooping cough. Like with any herbal remedy, please use under professional supervision as it is under legal restrictions in some countries. Long-term use of this naga has shown to produce nausea, headache, and insomnia. Use seeds in an infusion. Our fifth herb is more useful for heart and circulatory disorders, but can be used for concentration and memory. It hails from Merry Old England. It's the Hawthorne tree. Hawthorne research has focused on bioflavonoids and cardiac uses. Because of the research on these two benefits, scientists have learned that the Hawthorne is very useful for heart issues such as angina. Traditionally, hawthorn has been used to treat bladder and kidney stones in Europe during the 16th and 18th centuries. It was only during the 19th century that hawthorn was used for heart problems. Hawthorn is also good for high blood pressure and works for low blood pressure as well. It stabilizes the blood pressure as a whole. Hawthorn works in tandem with ginkgo biloba to improve poor memory by increasing the circulation of blood to the head, which in turn increases oxygen to the brain. The most common methods of ingesting hawthorn are tablets, tincture, and decoctions. The parts used are the flowering tops and the berries. A precaution, if you take medicine to regulate your blood pressure and heart disorders, please consult a doctor or herbalist before using hawthorn. Herb number six is the original source of salicylic acid and was the forerunner of aspirin. This herb and its relatives have been used in Europe, Asia, Africa, and North America for thousands of years to relieve joint pain and fevers. In 1 CE, Greek physician Dioscorides suggested willow leaves mashed with a little pepper and drunk with wine would relieve lower back pain. The herb is white willow. White willow is native to Europe, but can be found in North Africa and Asia in damp areas such as riverbanks. It grows to be 80 feet tall. Some related species are crack willow and black willow. Research on white willow has shown the salicylic acid in the herb had fewer side effects than aspirin. It was first used in 1838 as the forerunner to aspirin, which was synthesized in Germany in 1899. Now in the modern era, it is being researched as a potential alternative to aspirin due to the fact that salicylic acid doesn't thin the blood and any digestive problems are likely minor. Over the last 15 years, as of 1996, clinical trials conducted have shown that high-strength willow bark extract offers an effective alternative to mainstream anti-inflammatory medicines, particularly concerning osteoarthritis and lower back pain. In 2008, a clinical trial was published in Phytomedicine concerning people aged 50 to 75 with hip or knee arthritis who took willow bark extract for six weeks or longer were rated by doctors as doing significantly better than those same patients taking standard aspirin-based medicines. The patients taking the willow bark extract also reported fewer side effects. White willow is also taken to manage high fevers and can also help with headaches and overall head pain. White willow is traditionally used in tinctures, decoctions, 
and with other herbs in tablets. The bark is the part of the tree used. A precaution, don't use if allergic to aspirin. Don't take during pregnancy or if breastfeeding. White willow is not suitable for young children and may cause gastrointestinal upset, but very rarely. Our seventh herb is also a tree that grows 100 feet tall and is native to South America, especially Peru and Argentina. Today, it is used to treat inflammation and infectious problems such as chronic fatigue and candiditis. It has a mixed reputation for cancer, including leukemia. It's called Pau de Arco in Portuguese and Lapacho in Spanish. In addition to growing in the Andes of Peru and Argentina, it also grows in the lowlands of Paraguay and Brazil. Research on Pau de Arco done in Colombia in 2013 showed that this herb has a very strong activity against bacteria, especially Staphylococcus aureus and Helicobacter pylori, which causes stomach ulcers. It also has an activity against Candida albicans. In the 1960s in Brazil, a series of laboratory experiments showed that many of Pau de Arco's constituents suppress cancer cells. The scientists were hopeful about its future as a cancer treatment, but the clinical research failed to produce positive results. Some traditional uses for Pau de Arco were as a cure-all for the Incas, the Kalawaya in Brazil, and other South American natives. They used it to treat wounds, fevers, dysentery, and intestinal inflammation, as well as certain types of cancer and snake bites. Pau de Arco is also used to treat bacterial and viral infections, especially of the mouth, nose, and throat. It's also useful in treating CFS, or chronic fatigue syndrome. Pau de Arco is also useful in the treatment of fungal conditions such as ringworm and thrush, as well as chronic candiditis. Due to the combination of clinical experience in Brazil and worldwide usage by herbalists, Pau de Arco is known as a cancer remedy, especially for leukemia, but more intensive research is needed to confirm this medically. Pau de Arco also helps treat inflammation of the intestines and stomach, thus bringing relief. It is also used to treat cystitis, cervical inflammation, and prostatitis. The innermost bark is the part of the Pau de Arco used, and it's most used in decoctions, tinctures, and ointments. Caution, take Pau de Arco only on professional advice if taking anticoagulant medicines. Do not take during pregnancy or if trying to conceive. Herb number eight was prized by the Romans as both food and medicine. This herb got its botanical name from Helen of Troy, who, according to legend, was holding El Campany in her hand when she went to Troy with Paris. Yep, it's El Campany. The root of El Campany is considered warming and is good for chronic bronchitis and other chest problems. El Campany is native to southeastern Europe, western Asia, and now grows in temperate regions of the U.S. It prefers moist, well-drained soil to grow best. There are several related species, including sunflowers, common fleabane, and echinacea. Research on El Campany shows that since 1804, inulin was isolated from this herb as well as treating bronchitis. Alantolactone, a derivative of L-campany, has been shown to have significant activity against tuberculosis myobacterium. 
Research conducted in Ireland shows that L-campity has a potent effect against MRSA. As a whole, L-campity has a stimulant expectorant effect, which encourages coughing up mucus from the lungs. This is due to L-campity's volatile oils and antiseptic properties. Some traditional uses for L-campany are treatment for chest infections, which makes it safe for young and old. Since it's useful for treating nearly all chest conditions, it's very good for debilitated patients due to it being gentle. Due to the ability to soothe bronchial tube linings, L-campany is used to treat bronchitis and bronchial asthma. It's also mildly bitter, so it helps with nutrient absorption and improving digestion. L-campany also relieves dyspepsia and treats worms. L-campany also works well in the treatment of tuberculosis and in conjunction with other herbs to treat tonsillitis. The parts used on L-campany is the root and the most common uses are decoction, tincture, and syrup. Caution, L-campany can cause skin reactions. Do not take internally if pregnant or breastfeeding. Our ninth herb is thought to be the oldest tree on the planet at 190 million years old. It grows 100 feet tall and is native to China, but is now grown in France and South Carolina on large-scale plantations. What is this tree? Ginkgo. In Chinese, it's named Bai Guo. Clinical trials done with ginkgo have been going on since the 1960s and have established how important ginkgo is to improving poor cerebral circulation, memory, and concentration. Clinical trials have also shown ginkgo proved useful in treating dementia, including Alzheimer's disease, despite some studies showing no positive results. Other research has shown that ginkgo could possibly be used to treat varied conditions like depression, glaucoma, and poor peripheral arterial blood flow. Ginkgo also has the ability to reduce inflammation, which makes it valuable in treating nerve tissue damaged by inflammation like multiple sclerosis. Ginkgo also inhibits PAF or platelet activating factors, which cause the blood to become sticky and more likely to cause blood clots. Some traditional uses for ginkgo are the relief of wheezing and the lessening of phlegm. It's also used to treat vaginal discharge, weak bladder, and incontinence. The leaves are used to treat asthma. In Western medicine, ginkgo leaves are used to improve circulation, especially poor circulation to the brain, and once again for asthma due to its anti-allergenic and anti-inflammatory actions. Ginkgo is taken by millions of elderly people in France and Germany daily to maintain and improve cerebral circulation and memory. It also reduces the chances of a stroke. Ginkgo is also good for people who have had a stroke because it's thought to support nerve tissue and strengthen circulation. The parts of the ginkgo tree used are the leaves and seeds. Before use, remove the husks from the seeds. The usual ways that ginkgo is used are a tincture of the leaves, decoction of the seeds, fluid extract from the leaves, and tablets. Caution, do not exceed the dose because it may cause toxic reactions if taken to excess. Take on professional advice if you take blood thinning medication. This herb is restricted in some countries.
Herb number 10 is a perennial herb that grows 12 inches tall and is indigenous to Europe and Northern Asia, but naturalized in North America. Coltsfoot is found along roadsides and on verges and in open areas. The research done on Coltsfoot shows that for 2,500 years, it's been used as a cough remedy due to its immune-boosting ability. Chinese doctors ran a study on 36 patients suffering from bronchial asthma. 75% showed some improvement after treatment. Unfortunately, the anti-asthmatic effects were short-lived. Due to Coltsfoot's demulcent and expectorant effects, it's one of the most popular herbs in European remedies for treating chest problems. The leaves are preferred to the flowers because of their larger amounts of pyrolizidine alkaloids, but in China, the flowers are more popular. The typical usage for Coltsfoot are decoctions where flowers and leaves are used, syrups and medicinal cigarettes. In combination with licorice, thyme, and wild cherry, it's a powerful treatment for spasmodic cough. The medicinal cigarettes and syrup is useful for asthma relief. Caution, do not use Coltsfoot flowers. Do not take the leaves longer than three to four weeks at a time. Do not take Coltsfoot during pregnancy or while breastfeeding. This herb is unsuitable for children under six years old and is subject to legal restrictions in some countries. Herb number 11 is a woody climber that grows 20 feet tall with trumpet-shaped yellow flowers. If you said yellow jasmine, then you're right. Yellow jasmine is native to the southern U.S. and Central America and prefers damp sites. There isn't any research on yellow jasmine, but it is prescribed in small doses as a sedative and antispasmodic, most commonly for neuralgia, which is a pain caused by nerve irritation or damage. Yellow jasmine is also applied topically or externally to treat pain affecting the face, intercostal neuralgia, or nerve pain between the ribs, and sciatica or pain resulting from pressure on a nerve in the lower spine. Yellow jasmine is also used to treat whooping cough and asthma due to its antispasmodic properties. Occasionally, yellow jasmine is taken for migraine, insomnia, and bowel problems. It also reduces blood pressure and has its uses in homeopathic medicine. The parts of yellow jasmine used are the rootstock. Caution, yellow jasmine is an extremely toxic plant and should only be used under professional supervision. This plant is subject to legal restrictions in some countries. Our final herb is a well-known staple in kitchens across America. It grows to six and a half feet tall and is native to Southern Europe and is to this day burned by Greek students who are about to take exams. Introducing rosemary. Rosemary is native to the Mediterranean, though it now grows throughout the world. It prefers warm, moderately dry climates and sheltered sites. In 2011, a clinical study published in Phytotherapy Research found that rosemary exerted anti-inflammatory and protective effects on the inner lining of blood vessels in young adults. This supports the understanding that the active compounds in rosemary support healthy circulation. In 2006, Germany conducted a small study showing that traditional usage of rosemary raised blood pressure in people suffering from low blood pressure. These same people also reported feeling better at the trial's end. In 2003, Japanese lab research found that ditterpenes with rosemary, notably carnosic acid and carnosol, strongly stimulated growth factors in nerves, suggesting that rosemary may stimulate nerve repair. A 2015 review in Cancer Letters stated that 
these same constituents also had promising results of anti-cancer activity. Some traditional uses for rosemary include stimulating blood flow throughout the body, especially in those with low blood pressure, promoting blood flow to the head, thus improving memory and concentration, and may also be taken to relieve migraines and headaches. Rosemary is also known to encourage hair growth and healthy hair. Rosemary is also valuable as a treatment for fainting and weakness associated with low blood pressure, aiding in recovery from long-term stress and chronic illness due to stimulating the adrenal glands, thus is used specifically for debility, especially when poor circulation and digestion is involved. Rosemary is also prescribed for people who are stressed and as a treatment for mild to moderate depression. Some other uses for rosemary include the, the ease of rheumatic muscles, aching muscles, and reviving the body. The parts of the rosemary used are the leaves. Some ways the rosemary herb is used are in tinctures, infusions, lotions, and burning the essential oil. Caution! Take the essential oil internally only under professional practitioner's supervision. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed talking about it. I also hope you find this useful and that this eases your back to school blues and stress. Blessed be. Like trying to see the light With eyes that can't be opened Yeah, we both carry baggage We picked up on our way So if you love me, do it gently And I will do the same We may shine We may shine Picking up the pieces 
This could be a big mistake We might burn like gasoline and fire It's a chance we'll have to take We may shine We may shine We may be picking up the pieces here on We are